Welcome to the Harbor Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information, visit us online at www.theharborli.com. We are at the end of our Compassion Series. This is Compassion Sunday. So the first week, Pastor Mike preached about perfect vision. When we see as Jesus sees, when we hear as he hears, when we perceive as he perceives, something changes. Compassion is birthed out of that. Last week, we talked about how compassion leads us to move, right? To truly have compassion, hopefully we're doing something about it, not just, I have this feeling, or oh, I feel bad, or something like that. But compassion compels us to move, to do something. This week, what I want to talk to you about is compassion moves us to kindness. So when we are moved, what does that look like? Compassion looks like kindness. I believe that this is an action word. Again, kindness might be something, you know, it's something that we've heard ever since we were a child, I'm sure. And to be kind, what does that look like? What does that look like? And that's what I want to dive into today. And I have a, just a silly illustration I want to show you. How many guys recognize this? How many know what this is in here? An old relic, right? If you were born, you know, after the 90s, you might think that this is a doorstop or a dust collector, but it actually used to serve a purpose, and uh, I remember growing up watching all of our movies on this, right? This is pre-DVDs. How many guys remember having to adjust the tracking? Anybody remember that? How annoying was that, right? The sound was all weird and all that. You had all the blurry lines, and, um, but in order to get these, you had to go someplace, right? The movie rental place, the blockbuster, wherever it was, and you would go in and you would rent it. They'd charge you a few dollars. You had to bring it back the next day or in a couple days and all that stuff. Um, but I don't know if this ever happened to you. We, would, we had a movie rental place about a mile away, and there were times we'd be so excited to rent the latest Disney movie or, you know, whatever it was. And we would get the, the VHS, and we would put it in, and the first thing that we would see were the credits. And we're like, oh, come on. That means the previous person did not rewind the tape. For those that have only ever watched DVDs or streaming it, you think I'm talking gibberish right now. You literally had to rewind these things. And it would frustrate you because you're so stoked and you can't wait to see this new movie. And then you got to wait five minutes, whatever it was, for that dumb thing to go all the way back. We'd usually turn the TV off so you're not watching the movie in reverse, right? No spoilers. But that's what you'd have to do. Well, Blockbuster finally wised up and they put a little sticker on there. Does anybody remember what that sticker said? We got a picture of it. Be kind please rewind. And the place by us, I don't know if it was like this way out here, but we'd actually get charged a couple bucks or a dollar or something like that, right? If you didn't rewind it, they wanted you to rewind these tapes. Be kind. So kindness was shown just by rewinding it so that the next person that wants to watch it can watch it from the actual beginning. Now, obviously, this is a silly, funny little illustration of kindness. I love, though, what the Bible, how the Bible begins to explain kindness. You see, the Hebrew word for kindness is also used in compassion. So if you look up in Hebrew what kindness means, it actually means it was described as compassion. So in the Old Testament, when they said uh, kindness, it meant compassion. But as we fast forward to the New Testament, in the Greek, when they would use the word kindness, it meant generosity. And how many know generosity means it's going to cost you something, right? If, if you're a generous person, 
It costs you something. So there are times that kindness in life costs you something. Too many times I look at a situation. I addressed this last week. But too many times I look at a situation and I go, oh, that stinks. I'm going to start a Facebook campaign and let other people give towards that. Yeah, that's a great idea, right? That's what we tend to do. I don't want that to be said about me or to be true in my life, that all I do is just, oh, man, and it's nothing more than a feeling. I want kindness to be generosity, to be a word that is an action, an actionable word in my life. The Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 4.32, he says this, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. Paul stressed that the importance of understanding that God has exercised ultimate kindness towards us by sending his one and only son, Jesus, here to earth for us. We can be kind because God was first kind to us. If you want to know what kindness looks like, you can look in God's word. He has been kind to us, so we know what it feels like, we know what it looks like, and we can then pass that off to other people. We can be kind to other people. Titus 3 verses 4 and 5 says this, when God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. I would like to read those same two verses in a different translation. It's called the Passion Translation, and it reads a little different. It hits you differently. It goes like this, when the extraordinary compassion of God, our Savior, and his overpowering love suddenly appeared in person, as the brightness of a dawning day, he came to save us. Not because of any virtuous deed that we have done, but only because of his extravagant mercy. As we, began to, as we begin to grow in Jesus there's fruit that pops up in our life. And how do you know a tree is an apple tree? Because it produces apples, right? How do you know a Christian is a Christian? Well, you see, there's the fruit of the Spirit. And we read about the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. But just by the way that you live, people should be able to look at your life and say, what a kind person. And that will then lead them to questions, right? That's kind of how it works, how it works. Why are you so kind? Why are you so generous? Why are you so compassionate? That is the fruit that is in your life, the fruit of the Spirit that we are that other people are able to see that then what points them to Jesus. He was first kind to us, so now we can be kind to others. I want to tell a quick story found in the Old Testament, and it is with King David and Mephibosheth, and it actually starts before King David was King David. It starts when King Saul was still in power. And Israel had cried out for a king. They wanted to be like every other nation. So like, give us a king, give us a king. And God's saying, I am your king. Like, no, 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 we want like a person, give us a king. So he gives them Saul, and Saul looks the part of a king. Big, strong, handsome, kind of looks like me. He looks, stop laughing, he looked the part of a king. So he sets them up. God set Saul up as a king, but Saul did not follow God the way that he should. And so God says, 
Listen, man, if you're not going to do it the right way, this is the Ben Murray translation, by the way. If you're not going to do it the right way, I'm going to find a man after my own heart, raise him up, and he will be the next king. Which is not the way that it usually happened, right? Usually the kingship would be passed from the father to the son. But in this instance, it was going to be passed from King Saul to a shepherd boy named David. So David actually becomes best friends with Saul's son, Jonathan. And Jonathan understands and realizes what is going on, and he's okay with it because he knows God is in control. But he actually makes a request to David, and we read this request in Samuel chapter 20, verses 13 and 14. Jonathan says this to David, May the Lord be with you as he used to be with my father, and may you treat me with the faithful love of the Lord as long as I live. But if I die... Treat my family with this faithful love. So generally, if someone was to become king who is not in that lineage of the king's lineage, he would come in and kill off all of the king's family. So now he could not, you know, he wouldn't have someone else coming after his throne. So Jonathan is saying, Jonathan is saying, you know, I want you to show me kindness, but not just me, but for my family. And again, this is the exact opposite of the way that Everyone else did business. That is what he is requesting from David. So one day, Saul and his son Jonathan were in battle, and they were both killed. And David actually made good on his promise, and we read about it in 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1. It says, one day David asked, is anyone in Saul's family still alive? Anyone to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake. And he found out that Jonathan and Saul had a relative named Mephibosheth. And he wanted to show him kindness. Again, everyone else did business a different way. But he said, no, no, no. I want to show him kindness. And not only that, I want to bless him. So he gave him land. Not junky land, not swamp land that no one else wanted. He gave him good prime real estate and he said, not only that, but I always want you to have a seat at my table. And who is that usually reserved for? Family, right? People of high honor. He said, I want you to have the best. He treated, King David treated Mephibosheth with kindness. There's another story we find in the New Testament. And it's actually a parable that Jesus tells and uh, I was going to read it to you this morning, but it's kind of long, and that gets kind of boring. So I'm going to give you my version of this story. Is that all right? So you have this king, and this king is going over the books, trying to figure out who all they've lent money to. And as he's going over the books, he finds that there is one servant that they have lent a billion dollars to, this insane amount of money to. And he said, we should call that guy in. So they call this servant in. And the king says, where's my money? You owe me all of this money. Where is my money? And the guy says, uh, listen, uh, think, you know, he's given all these excuses. And the Bible says that he throws himself at the king's feet face down and begins to beg for more time and mercy. Because the king can have him sold off as a slave, him and his family, can have him put into jail before he can pay back this insane amount of money. That's the power that the king has. 
But that's not what the king decides to do. What the king decides to do is not only, he didn't just say like, all right, man, I'll give you an extension. He says, I'm going to wipe your debt clean as if it never happened before. You don't owe me anything. Doesn't that sound crazy? A billion dollars? Like, are you kidding me? This insane amount of money. You don't owe that to me anymore. You would think this servant would leave the king's presence stoked, jacked out of his mind. Like, are you kidding me? A new lease on life? This is absolutely incredible. But that's not what he does. It says as soon as he leaves the king's presence, he goes and finds another servant who owed him $20,000. And he pretty much says, yo, dude, where's my money? And he begins to say, well, I, you know, can I have more time? And the Bible says he begins to choke him. And he has this man put into jail because of the debt that he owes him. He was just so thankful and so grateful for what the king had done for him, for what the king had forgiven him. The kindness, the generosity, the compassion that the king showed. And yet he walked out and said, no, 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 you're going to be held accountable for what you've done to me, for what you owe me. You see, you and I play a part in this parable that Jesus told. I'm that ungrateful servant. That's who I am. I have been forgiven of so much. Something that I cannot pay back. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. That is a punishment that I cannot pay. But someone paid it for me. God sent his son, his one and only son, to pay a price that I couldn't pay. So then what do I do with that? Well, I'll tell you what I do with that. I hold grudges against people. I don't forget if someone does something to me. When I leave this place and someone cuts me off, they're going to hear it. If someone wrongs me, man, I'm going to give them an earful. I'm really not. I'm really not that strong. I'd like to pretend I am, but I'm a chicken. But anyway, you get the point. You get the point. We have been forgiven of so much. God has shown us kindness. In turn, are we showing kindness to others? That convicts me. Every time I read that parable, it convicts me. Because I know what type of person I am. I don't soon forget what someone says, what someone did, and they're going to pay. And yet, I have been shown so much kindness and so much mercy. The worship team is going to come up. I want to share with you, well, I want someone to share with you a story uh, of something. So last week, I shared a story about compassion, and we sponsor a child, and this little guy writes us letters and all that kind of stuff of, of uh, how we're able to help him, and he's so grateful for the things that we take for granted clothing, food, uh, clothes, I already said that, but schooling, all that stuff. He's so grateful and so thankful for those things. So I shared that, and uh, a sweet lady from the church reached out to me. Lenny and Pam, would you guys make your way up really quick? They reached out and shared a story with me about 
them sponsoring a child and some interactions that they've had with this little girl that they sponsor in Africa. And uh, I think sometimes I, th- I wonder what goes through your mind if you think I have to say certain things or do certain things because I'm standing behind this pulpit here. So when these guys reached out, I thought, oh, my gosh. I, I reached out to Pam, and I just said, is there any way that you can share that story, your story, with the same people that you sit next to every single week? And she said, absolutely. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to ask Pam and Lenny to share their story of uh, sponsoring a child and what it's meant to you. Hi. We've been sponsoring a little girl now for two years. Uh, Her name is Sylvie, and she's currently six years old. And it's amazing. Uh, A little while ago, a couple months ago, we sent her a birthday gift, $20. Now, we have 12 grandchildren between the two of us, and, you know, some of them, when you hand them 20 bucks, go, what am I supposed to do with this? (laughs) You know, can't even buy V-Bucks with this. So... We got a letter back from her thanking us, and it was amazing the things that she shared with us that she bought. And it wasn't stuff for herself. It was stuff for her family. She was able to buy two chickens, enough meal grain to feed her family for six months, a pair of shoes for her grandmother, who, by the way, is her primary caregiver because her mother is dead and her father is just gone, and finally a pair of shoes for herself so she could go to school. And all I kept thinking was, wow, the things we take for granted. And I will tell you, it it was so heartwarming to to read this letter from her, and it's amazing. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I can spend 40 bucks a week on Dunkin' Donuts coffee. And for $39.99 or whatever it is now, we're able to sponsor this beautiful little girl. And her love for the Lord, I mean, she's constantly praying for us, you know, and it's just, it's amazing. So if God puts it on your heart this morning, let me tell you, please do this because children are the future of the world. And without them, you know, who knows? So if you feel up to it, Please do, because you're not going to regret it. Can we give it up for Pam and Lee for sharing that story? Thank you, guys. Thank you. So today we talked about kindness, right? Compassion leads us to kindness. You have an opportunity this morning to share some kindness with some beautiful little babies from Haiti. So we had reached out to Compassion, this amazing ministry that's here this week, and um, Haiti is obviously close to our heart because of Pastor Rodney. He's from Haiti. If you don't know Pastor Rodney, he's the kid's pastor at our Patchogue campus, and so we asked him, we said, is there any way that we can sponsor some villages, some some towns there, and, and help these guys, and so they brought in some packets, and they're on the back table, so here in a second, you're going to have an opportunity to walk to the back and to grab one of those packets and change someone's life to change a family's life. Uh, we, my wife and I hear from not only the little guy that we sponsor, but the family. And they are all so blessed and so thankful. And I really wanted to show you guys what it looks like when, when these little kids reach out and are grateful and thankful. And I was talking with 
this amazing couple that came to, to set up the exhibit out here. And uh, I was talking to him about a video, and the wife, Lily, said, can I share with you a video that we just don't see played much that moves me to tears every single time? I said, I would love to. I would love to see this video. So she shares it with me, and it's myself, I think Rodney and her, and we're all crying. We're all a mess. And I want to play that video for you this morning. It's a minute and a half, and what you're going to see is there's a gentleman sitting down. He has sunglasses on his head, and he sponsors a child, and he gets to meet this child. And this little boy wants to pray for his sponsor. And you will hear a translator, this lady, start talking. Um, she's translating from Spanish to English. And listen to this kid's prayer. Let this video move you to kindness. Y póngale sus manos en la cabecita al padre. Gracias, por favor. Gracias, Padre. Esto está en la reality. Es lo más bonito que ha pasado en mi vida. Señor, gracias porque es un milagro para mi vida. Gracias, Dios, porque me trajo a mi sponsor. Gracias, because it's because of your blood. Thank you so much because you have done this for my family. Thank you so much because he's part of my family now. Thank you because you gave us your life for these miracles. Heavenly Father, give my sponsor long life, long life. I make more miracles in his life. Guide my 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 sponsor to do everything for you. In the name of Jesus, Amen. <laughs> How incredible is that? The one line that that little guy says is, thank you that he is now part of my family. That kind of stuff convicts me. I got to be honest with you. That convicts me. Because you know what I fight for in my life? Not just cable TV, I need the ultimate premium package. I can't just live with water. No, I got to have special Starbucks. That's what I'm fighting for. And these little guys are wanting to go to school and have clothing and food. You can have that same effect on a child this morning. My wife and I and my kids... I know I've already said this, but we sponsor a little guy named Colin. And I've always had pictures of my family on my phone, you know. It was like my backdrop, screensaver, whatever. And the one day I thought, you know what, Colin's part of our family now. So I, like, put him right there with our family. And that's just a, re that's a reminder for me to pray for Colin and everything that he's going through and wherever he's at and his struggles and his issues. and Church. One thing I love about you 
is you're people of action. You are. I've never been a part of a church body like this. The one I grew up in, the one I attended in college, I've never been a part of a body that responds the way that you do. And the reason why we are presenting this to you this morning is because this is a call to kindness, a call to action. I don't know how you can watch something like that and not want to move, not want to change something. God wants to use you in this world, this dark world, where so many bad things happen every single day, to be a a single ray of hope, to show kindness, to change someone's life. Again, at the end, we're going to go back into a song, and this is what I want you to do. This is my hope for you this morning, is that you would just ask God, God, would you open up my heart? Would you move on my heart? God, if there's something I'm supposed to give up, point it out. Point it out. If I'm supposed to let this go so I can grab a hold of something like this and sponsor a child, God, help me to do it. Give me the strength and the courage to do it. Help me to take that leap and show kindness. There's packets back there. and What you'll do is you'll pick one up, and in there there's a card. And you fill out your information. Before you leave, you fill out your information and you give it to one of our volunteers in the back. Don't leave here with that card because if you do, they're not going to know that that little boy or girl is not taken care of for a long time. And we want these guys taken care of ASAP. Take that packet, fill out that form, give it to one of our awesome volunteers, and then do yourself a favor. Walk out back and go through the compassion experience. It'll change you. It will. Sometimes I feel like my heart gets calloused. And I feel like God, in his mercy and grace, will just begin to remove the callous parts of my heart and let me see the people that are truly hurting and dying and in need. Would you stand with me this morning as we close this service? Thank you, church, for listening. Thank you for what you're about to do. I know you all have big hearts. I'm just going to pray this morning that God would help us and remind us to use kindness, not just today, not just this morning, but throughout the week, when Monday starts, when the craziness starts, that that kindness would be there. Lord, I thank you for who you are, and I thank you for the kindness that you first show us. God, the undeserved love and kindness, and mercy, and goodness. You give it to me freely. All I have to do is have a relationship with you. That blows my mind. God, I pray that you would move us as a church body to kindness. God, I pray that you would make us uncomfortable this morning in the status quo. Lord, the the way that we normally do life with our our Starbucks coffee and our our big internet packages and, and cable and all that stuff. God, I pray that you would move us to compassion, that you would move us to kindness. Move on our hearts, God. Peel back the callous parts of our hearts. God, I pray that we wouldn't just be people that talk, but that we would be the people that walk the walk. Jesus, we love you with everything that we are. I pray that we would show kindness this morning, tomorrow, And every day going forward, God, we thank you for your love in Jesus' name.
Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you would like to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus today, visit us online at www.theharborli.com backslash next step.